Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Nate just has a chance to shoot. He does, picking the top corner, but that goes off of the glove of Hart. Now Teravina with a check in the corner. Aho comes up with a puck, gets it to Teravina, back to Aho. He's next with a score! Oh, that was a sick wrist shot from Sebastian Ajo. And Carolina is tied it at one here in Philadelphia. Now Carolina outshot Philadelphia 17-6 in the first period. His second period action underway. And the Canes tipping the puck forward. Ajo, snapshot, he scores! Sebastian Ajo! 23 seconds into the period. Canes take advantage of loose play in the neutral zone. And Ajo, second of the game, ties this one at two. Flyers now have three goals on just seven shots here in this contest, but Carolina has plenty of time and plenty of work to do. Is now a turnover as he shot by Shane. Rebound attempt is there. Foss scores on the rebound. Oh, the Hurricanes swarm the Flyers, and they've tied it right back up. Hope you didn't go to the fridge. Svechnikov and Lott, Philadelphia, will throw the puck into the Hurricane zone. Slavin. Out to Jarvis. He'll get it to Kokiniemi. Kokiniemi, Svechnikov. Drop the Angel cross ice pass up front. They score! Tick, tack, toe. Beauty, Carolina in the lead. 4-3. Svechnikov pull the puck into the Philly zone with his pass. Intercepted by Thompson. Worked his way up. McEwen, McEwen. Cross ice. Ronta! What a save by Auntie Ronta! The depth of Auntie Ranta's mental toughness, the way the period started with a short side goal and the saves he's made since. McEwen, I don't think he was selling pass at all. Ranta couldn't, he had to respect the shot, loads up, I mean loads up on that left skate and gets over and makes a sensational save. This was a save right after the Lawrence goal. Auntie Ranta has built himself a game. It's specifically a period. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Kane's Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Kane's Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. The road trip is now over. The Hurricanes go 4-1-1 one one on the six-game trip. Can't find any fault with that, really. And they come home to play the Washington Capitals Sunday afternoon at PNC Arena as the games keep getting earlier and earlier as we were <laughs> the opposite of what we were last week with the games later and later. Uh, but a, uh, a wild game. We're going to talk about all of it. Alec Campbell will join us. In just a few minutes, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Amlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Uh, If you walk past your windows, you feel a little bit of a draft, call the Aluminum Company. Go online. Free no obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. 
Uh, a lot to unpack here. It didn't start well for the Hurricanes. A goal 50 seconds in. Ivan Provorov, his second of the season. And uh, just hardworking goal. Icing early on from the stall line, uh, which gave Philadelphia another opportunity in the offensive end. And uh, they won a puck battle behind the net. And puck, uh, great play by Claude Giroux in, uh, across in front. Uh, puck either caromed out. I don't know how it got to Ivan Provorov. Uh, Sean Couturier was in the crease. But he really didn't interfere with Ante Ranta because it didn't look like Ranta was making uh, an effort to go get to the shot because I don't think he knew where the puck was. So I thought that was a proper call, if, even though Rod Brindamore did challenge it for goaltender interference. No goalie interference was called. So Philly's got a one nothing lead. Then they go on the power play as a result of the failed challenge. A rare failed challenge, by the way, by Rod Brindamore. So it's one nothing. You're coming off the loss in Seattle, which you're disappointed because you played well enough to win and didn't. And you're uh, on that was on the heels of a 2-1 overtime loss in San Jose. And you're thinking, man, we are, we are in the process of taking a great road trip and making it an okay road trip. And nobody wants that. And you're because uh, you're down one nothing and you're facing a power play. Philly's power play isn't very good. So I guess not all that threatening. And for the night, they were 0 for 3, or for the afternoon, I guess, they were 0 for 3 with the man advantage. We'll talk about Carolina's power play, or whatever you want to call it, in a little bit. Uh, but it was a little bit of a danger time right there, and but Carolina survived it. Uh, then a little bit later on, Sebastian Ajo uh, was actually about a little bit more than halfway through the period at 1340. Um, picked up a loose puck. Actually, it was just... Good hard work from the Ajo, Teravainen, Natchez line. And I will lobby the head coach to keep those guys together because they were just absolutely awesome today. Uh, best game that Martin Natchez has played in a while. Tevo Teravainen also uh, as good a game as he's played in a while. Sebastian Ajo just really keeps doing his thing. I didn't think Ajo was great at the end of the San Jose game. Um, I thought he was good but not great in Seattle. Uh, but I thought Ajo was great tonight. Or again, today. We're all falling into that habit, right? Of calling every game tonight because we're all used to night games. Uh, but Ajo was great. First of two goals. Made it 1-1. But then Carolina gets a power play uh, a little bit later on. And a uh, little mistake, mishap inside the blue line. Uh, and Joel Farabee brings it out and kind of turns Seth Jarvis in knots. And walks around him and beats Ante Ranta between the pads. 2-1. Carolina was easily the better team. They dominated the period, but trailed 2-1. Such is the vagaries, or such are the vagaries of the sport of hockey. In fact, if I was going to say, if somebody asked me, and actually my son did ask me, who was the best team in each period, I thought Carolina's best period was the first period. And they trailed 2-1. Their second best period was the second period, and that was the period that all of Philadelphia's warts showed. There's a reason why they lead the NHL in shots on goals allowed, and that's not a good stat. They allowed the most shots in the NHL. Carolina just faced Seattle. That allows the fewest, and Philly allows the most. Philly just way loose in the neutral zone in their own end. Uh, Ajo pounces on a loose puck. 
makes it uh, 2-2, but the period had just popped the cork on just absolute madness. Ajo scores uh, to make it 2-2. Here you go. Right now, Carolina outshot. Philadelphia 17-6 in the first period. His second period action underway. And the Canes tipping the puck forward. Ajo, snapshot. He scores! Sebastian Ajo. 23 seconds into the period. Canes take advantage of loose play in the neutral zone. And Ajo, second of the game, ties this one at two. Yeah, and then uh, just, what, 53 seconds later, Rasmus Ristolainen just drifting in. Uh, from the point, nobody goes out to get him. I thought it was kind of a lazy defensive shift by uh, Stahl, Svechnikov, and Jarvis. Not a, I, to me, that was their fourth best line today. And Ristolainen beat Ranta short side, and it's 3-2 as Philly goes right back up. But that, la- that lasted all of 29 seconds. I had talked to Alec in the second intermission or the first intermission about Hurricanes needing something gritty to happen. Don't try to be too pretty. Well, this is gritty. Flyers now have three goals on just seven shots here in this contest, but Carolina. There's plenty of time and plenty of work to do. Is Now a turnover as he shot by Shane. Rebound attempt is there. Foss scores on the rebound. Oh, the Hurricanes swarm the Flyers, and they've tied it right back up. <laughs> I did not go to the fridge. I went to the fridge earlier. Uh, Ian Cole with a shot from the point. Nino Niederreiter keeps it alive. Jesper Faust uh, whacks it over Carter Hart. It's 3-3. That happened so quick. So the Ajo goal at 23 seconds. Ristolainen puts Philly back up at 116. Faust at 145 uh, makes it 3-3. Four minutes and three seconds later, the prettiest goal of the road trip. Between Svechnikov and Watt, Philadelphia will throw the puck into the hurricane zone. Slavin out to Jarvis. He'll get it to Kokiniemi. Kokiniemi, Svechnikov. Drop the Angel cross ice pass up front. They score! Tick, tack, toe. Beauty, Carolina in the lead. 4-3. I'm not sure which pass I liked better. Kukiniemi brings it into the zone with speed. He leaves it for Svechnikov, who leaves it for D'Angelo. And D'Angelo with a seam pass. There really wasn't a lot of room to make the pass. Uh, As we say in the NFL, uh, he threw into a tight window. D'Angelo's pass across to Seth Jarvis was absolutely perfect. Jarvis sees Kukiniemi at the top of the crease uh, and just redirects the pass right on his tape for an easy tap-in. The goal was the least impressive part, except that Kotkaniemi had a great game and really did the very smart thing there. You go into the zone with speed, uh, you you leave it for your teammates to do some work, and you go right to the front of the net. Uh, and I got to say, man, the last few games where Kotkaniemi has been playing in the middle, it has been, he has been a very noticeable player. He went for a while playing on the wing, not noticeable at all, but he is a very noticeable player. I don't know what the long... I know, we know what the long-term hope is for Carolina, that he fits in and is a legit number two or number three center at worst. But Derek Stepan's been, I think, a very good player. And you know, I don't want to see Derek Stepan out of the lineup. I want Derek Stepan in the lineup. 
Uh, but the Hurricanes have a fully loaded, loaded 13 healthy forward you know, arsenal. And right now, he is just the odd man out. But I think Derek Stepan has played really well. I like him in the lineup. And I like the fact that he's a right-handed uh, centerman for faceoffs. I know the head coach does. Uh, but uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi has been absolutely tremendous. Uh, and I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background, but my dog is a huge KK fan. He just loves it when I say Kotkaniemi. It just makes the, it makes him laugh. Our Earl is uh, Earl is that way. But great tic-tac-toe passing um, leads to a Hurricane 4-3 lead. They would not relinquish three and a half minutes left in the period. I didn't put this in the open, uh, but it was a great goal and another Brilliant play from Tony D'Angelo. Carolina trying to clear. They will. Good play by Martinuk to Kokiniemi. Kokiniemi's quick pass finds D'Angelo. D'Angelo across the ice. Lawrence skating and Lawrence is score! Highlight real goal. Steve Lawrence and the Canes have a 5-3 lead. Man, the booze raining down on the home team. The Flyers in their building. Uh, unmistakable to hear. Uh, it was really a great patient play by D'Angelo, who just kind of held the puck, kind of dusted it off a little bit, waited for Lawrence to come in from the blue line, perfect pass, and then uh, nobody came out to challenge Steve Lawrence. I mean, I didn't understand Philadelphia, but this has kind of been Philly. They have been a very loose team in their own end. No Ryan Ellis, but Ryan Ellis isn't a great defensive defenseman. He's just a good player. Uh, but Philly has been an absolute mess in their own end. In this, in the last eight games, uh, they have been outscored twenty-five to twelve. So they're giving up more than three goals a game and scoring a goal and a half a game. Uh, and Carolina doubled them up today. So uh, uh, good move by Lawrence, but uh, really that play was made by Tony D'Angelo. Uh, and then finally, finally, after eleven games without one, Andre gets one. <laughs> He's cycling. Nature spins away from two flyers. Gets it to shape. His drive deflected on Hart with the save and stall out in front. Couldn't get the rebound. Carolina keeps it in. Svechnikov. He'll snap when it's score! Mr. Svechnikov, that's the magic. His eighth of the year. And Carolina extends their lead to 6-3. Didn't think this was a great game for Andre, to be perfectly honest. I thought he was much better in the game in Seattle and didn't really get anything of it. And we got mad at him because he took a silly fighting major uh, on top of, uh, and a roughing minor on top of it to sit for seven of the last 10 minutes. I'm not, I'm not wrong, by the way, on that. Not at all wrong. And I talked to the head coach about it today, and the head coach agreed. Time and place. Do that in the first period, we can all live with it. Uh, one one game in the third period? No, unacceptable. Um, and But the good thing is, Rod doesn't have to talk to Andre about that because Andre knew it. Andre knew it was the wrong time to do that. He just, he just lost his composure, and it's one of the things that they have to get out of Andre. You don't want to take the aggression away, but you have to be able to understand time and place. All right, let's go through some, I thought, some superlative players, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell in just a couple of minutes. Sebastian Ajo continues to be outstanding. couple of goals today, uh, better than 50% in the faceoff circle. Carolina's best forward, um, he, was, uh, he had seven shots in the game. Uh, Tavo Teravainen and Martin Natchez were also excellent. I thought Natchez 
Uh, re- really, Nature's a Turbo defensively were outstanding uh, in this game. They combined for five shots on goal. So those three guys had seven shots on goal. Ajo has a couple of goals. Turbo and Natchez each one, one assist. Uh, but they were just dominant all night long. There was a time where, uh, just to use natural stat tricks, possession metric, uh, where that line had, I believe, an 11-0 core C4. 11-0. It was pretty impressive. Uh, but that line was great, and I'm going to, again, try to convince the head coach to leave them together. Uh a little bit of an adjustment for Turvani. You have to understand playing the left side. He's been playing the right side ever since he came to Carolina when he wasn't playing in the middle, and we did a little bit of that uh, in his first year or so with the Hurricanes, but he's basically been a right wing. Now he's playing the left side. There's an adjustment on both ends of the ice, uh, but because Carolina needs to have Seth Jarvis in the lineup and they have other guys that are that need to play on the right side, Natchez, Faust, um, there's, really, there's really no room uh, in your top, in your top three, uh, so somebody has to go play the left side, and they've decided that that somebody will be Tavo Teravainen, and he's adjusted pretty well. Uh, thought his best game uh, in a while today. Uh, I thought the second best line for Carolina was Kotkaniemi, Martinuk, and Lawrence. And I mean, they they just they had the puck. They played a lot. They played almost fifteen minutes tonight. And Kotkaniemi continues to play well and get better and better. Uh, it's obvious that he needs to be in the middle, that bl- playing on the wing was a difficult adjustment. He's just a natural-born center. Stepan can play on the wing. I do think you'll see Stepan draw back in the lineup soon. I, I'd, I'd like to see him play against Washington. I don't know if they're going to take Stephen Lawrence out, but maybe they will. Maybe they'll put take... Draw Lawrence out. Let's step on, play with Martinook and Kokaniemi. But uh, he gives that line a different dimension because he's not he's not a finesse player. He'll play he he can play a little bit of a heavy game, and you like to see that. And if he can play a little bit with a physical edge, then you don't mind that on your fourth line. Right now, he's a fourth line center, but. Uh, honestly, they play a lot better than that, and I was just impressed. I thought that line was very good. Um, we mentioned the uh, the Andre goal. We'll talk about the power play in a minute. Uh, I thought the, the Trocek line with Nino and Faust got better as the game wore on. I'm not sure Nino was a big part of that. I think Nino was, eh, I don't think he was great today. He certainly hasn't been the same Nino before then as he was before the injury. It's now... I think seven games without a goal. Nino did get an assist tonight. So I just don't think we have seen the same step from Nino. But I did think that Trocek was a better player. And I think he and Jesper Faust got better as the game wore on. Faust is just so steady. We're not going to judge Jesper Faust by goals. I almost hesitate to put him on that uh, goal drought list because that's not what he's about. I mean, I don't put Martinuk on it. And Martinuk hasn't scored since opening night. Jacob Slavin doesn't have a goal this year. That's more alarming to me than Jordan Martinuk not having won in since opening night. J- Jacob Slavin has had some chances, too. I know. So has Martinuk. I think we discussed that fully after the Seattle game. You know, it doesn't bother me that Jesper Foss goes eight games without a goal. It just doesn't. Because he does so many other things. He's such a solid player. Again, a lot like Martinuk. But 
right place, right time, pounced on a loose puck, and uh, flips it in. That tied the game at three right after uh, Philly had gone back up 3-2. It was rapid-fire goals, three goals in the first uh, minute 45 of the second period, and there were uh, Hurricanes outscored Philly 4-1 in the third, and then it was basically just uh, what is the final score going to be. As As I like to say, the rest was accounting. Uh, we have to give Carolina's power play an enema, something. They need uh, they need a flush, uh, prune juice, Metamucil, a lot of high fiber, maybe some all brand because they just uh, they are it, it is a constipated unit right now. And I actually thought the power play was good. I think they had two tries in Seattle. I really liked it. Um, they just didn't score today. They had four tries and they were bad. Four tries, and Philly had as many chances to score on Carolina's power play as Carolina did. And in fact, Philly outscored Carolina one nothing on the Hurricanes' power play, uh, and that was um, you know an unfortunate play, an unfortunate bounce, uh, but it wasn't like it was a breakaway. It was a one-on-two, and... Joel Farabee, who scored a goal against Carolina in Raleigh uh, on the 12th of November. Farabee just stick-handled around Seth Jarvis, probably the play that Seth will uh, wear the most from today's game. And I'm sure he'll watch the video and go, man, just get in the way. Just take the body. Don't even worry about the puck. And on that play, D'Angelo just assumed that Seth would have it and just kind of let up just a touch if he's covering for Jarvis, uh, then D'Angelo could at least bother the shooter there, but he wasn't, and that was uh, that was a great play by Joel Farabee, and it made it 2-1. Really, Carolina dominated the period and was trailing 2-1 after one. Anyway, um, and they got opportunistic, and Philadelphia's lazy defensive zone play kind of showed up uh, after that. And real quick before, uh, before we bring in Alec Campbell, I want to talk about Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo is, he's one of those lightning rods. People are, are never going to be, they're never going to forget. And I don't, I'm, I'm not even complaining about that. You have every right to hold that kind of thinking. You have every right to hold that kind of thinking. I mean, to a high level of import. Okay. I'm not, I am not in any way saying that you should ignore things that people say or people do or how people are in their past. I'm not, you should, I'm not saying you should ignore it. Um, but my feeling about D'Angelo has simply been this. It doesn't even matter what side of the aisle you're on. You would, nobody wants to know how the sausage is made, right? You don't want to know what goes into sausage or scrapple. I mean, you sort of know, but you don't really want to know. Well, if you knew everything about every one of your favorite players, a lot of these guys might stop being your favorite player. We want to think that they're all wonderful human beings who love puppies uh, and children and humanity. But, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to say anything about Tony. 
here. I'm just saying that every you don't you just do not know how everybody is. So the only things that matter are twofold. Or maybe we'll even throw a third in in here in a second. Can the guy help you win? Is he a great teammate? And will he be good in the community? Well, Tony hasn't been part of this community yet. Uh, but he does. He trains a lot of kids up in Philadelphia, and he's a big part of that community. That's where he lives. He's clearly a great teammate. You can tell by how the guys interact with him, and uh, there isn't a single player who has had a problem uh, with Tony D'Angelo in their locker room. And again, um, he had a lot of good friends in the Rangers, Mark Stahl among them, uh, and the Stahl family, I believe we can all agree, is a pretty solid group of people. And the Stahl family really likes Tony D'Angelo. And then you get to uh, on the ice, and D'Angelo's a plus 13, 19 points in 19 games, four goals, 15 assists, two assists tonight. And I thought he made a really good defensive play early in the game on a two-on-one where Jacob Slavin had gotten beat uh, on a pinch, and D'Angelo was back. And D'Angelo, uh, with a physical play along the wall, uh, nullified any pass across by being aggressive. It was just a good play. And I think D'Angelo has been a very good player for Carolina. Very good. A couple more assists tonight. Uh, So there you go. Power play bad. Ajo, great. Kotkaniemi in the middle. Wow. Eye-opener. Tony D'Angelo, my first star of the game. We'll see if Alec agrees with that a little, little bit later on. Uh, just, uh, if I was ranking the lines tonight, I would say the Ajo line was one, Kotkaniemi line was two, Trocek line was three, Stahl, Svechnikov, and Jarvis four. Uh, and we'll see if, uh, if Rod changes the lines up for the Washington game on Sunday. It'll be nice to be back at home, won't it? I think it will. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network. Uh, you had a nice day. Radio show. Stormwatch, intermissions, aftermath. What's next? Uh, I'm out of take. I'm takeless. No <laughs> okay. more take for today. So <laughs> I'm, about, I'm going home and pouring some stiff drinks, and I'm going to watch State hopefully not screw this up. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. All right, give me, uh, give me your take on what we saw today. I mean, I think we saw a team that played really well and got rewarded for it for the first time in a couple of games. And I think that's important because at some point you've got to be positively reinforced by what you're doing out there. It's not that they haven't been at times during the season, but it feels like the narrative of the last you know bunch of games has been, well, they're getting a lot of opportunities, but they're not putting them in the back of the net. And we've kind of told the story of, you know, seven of the last 11 games coming into tonight with two goals or fewer. You had four or five guys that were on long goal droughts. You still have one or two of those. But, and, and, you know, and I'm here for the process. I'm, I'm definitely a process-oriented person. I'm here for Rod Brindamore and the way that he looks at the game. But there's also truth to the fact that at the end of the day, you know, you can look at the moral victories in terms of, oh, we're getting all these chances. We're playing well enough to win, but we're not winning. And if you're not winning, then, you know, at some point, none of that stuff matters. So I was glad that, you know, a good first period where I thought they were dominant in the first period and came away down a goal, (laughs) you know, despite giving up a shorthanded goal, um, 
you know, they were down a goal after one for the most part. They were the better team that they were able to kind of come back and get it done in what turned out to be a really wild second period. I'm pretty sure everybody started drinking in the <laughs> intermission in the locker room because that game got drunk real fast. And uh, But, you know, in the end, they were able to kind of score goals. It was almost like all those goals have been bottled up for the last few games. Yeah. Kind of came out tonight. Um, I still think there's there's some like there's some there's a correlation between the way they scored goals tonight and the power play not clicking, and we can get into that in just a little bit. But I'm glad that they finally got the results from the effort because you know it gets old after a while when you talk about how many chances they got and how good they were, yeah. but they weren't scoring. So I'm glad they went in. You know, we we spent you know, like a decade here creating chances and not finishing. And in the last right. few games, although I don't think they did as much with, uh, I don't, they didn't create high danger chances against San Jose. Uh, they clearly did against Seattle and they didn't go. Um, this game reminded me more. Well, I shouldn't say that because I think Carolina played well today. Uh, I will say that Philadelphia defensively is an absolute mess. Uh, yeah, they are. They are just an absolute mess defensively. Um, but, you know, we talked about it in the first intermission that Carolina needed a gritty goal. And I heard in the um, post game, uh, I think, I don't know who it was, talked about, you know, there, there weren't any gritty goals. I disagree because the Jesper, the okay. Jesper Faust goal was gritty. Um, the, the Ajo goal, which from probably is a bad goal to allow if you're Carter Hart, but the Ajo goal to, uh, to open the second came off, uh, Brett Pesci, uh, stand up play at the blue line, uh, which created the opportunity. Um, so I think that there was, there was enough grit involved, uh, in this. So, uh, but I think the Faust goal really did stand out to me, uh, because that was a goal mouth scrum. And the puck bounces right. out to him, and he's at the side of the net, and he puts it in. So I liked that. I think that it was good to see certain guys get rewarded for that uh, as well. All right, I don't want to wait. I want to hear your correlation between the power play well, and uh, you know not finishing chances. Well, no, I think I think that that was sort of a perfect segue into it because I said the same thing on the aftermath. Like the yes for Fox goal to me was a gritty goal, point shot, rebound you pick it up and you score. I understand the perception of the other goals not being greasy because of just the, sh- the shots themselves, right? Like when I think of greasy goals, I think of like scrambles in front of the net, you know, loose pucks that get picked up, um, stuff like that. I think of, you know, get, getting right there to the top of the net and, and just kind of fighting your way to a goal. I thought most of the shots that were taken outside of the Fox goal were, were pretty plays. I mean, they were all six goals. Yeah. I mean, even the, even, the, even the Ajo goal to open the second, you know, yes, Pesci makes the play at the center line, and that was a great play. But, you know, it was Ajo who, you know, I mean, slung a wrister from really above. I, I had initially called it high slot. Yeah. It was higher than that. Yep. I mean, he was between the rings, but he was, he was basically at the top of the, of, the, of the circles and scores on that goal. I mean, even his first goal, you know, is a. I think he caught Carter Hart by surprise. Yep. A little bit, you know, where because I mean, you sneak one in near side like that. Um, 
I don't, you know, I don't, I just don't know that he was expecting a shot right there. But even that one, you know, you're, you're scoring from distance a little bit. The Foss one really was the only one for me that registered as greasy. And I think when we, when we think of this team and their DNA, they, they are largely, you know, they are past first people. Ajo, Caravine, and Natus. I mean, they, they play a pretty game. And I think that that kind of bears out on the power play where they just really haven't been that good. And I think they need to, they just need to simplify a little more, you know, get pucks to the net. Don't overpass. Don't, don't look for, don't look for the, don't look for the, the, the extra pass. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's, 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 it's more, I mean, it's easy to say that out loud, but when it's a part of who these players are, I think it's harder to, to do it. It's, it's not that I think they're actively looking to score pretty goals. I think it's just that they're primarily task first people who look for that when maybe they should be looking to just simplify the play a little bit more. And so I kind of just think, you know, you look at tonight's game, there's just a bunch of really great looking goals and nothing on the power play. I mean, how does that happen mm-hmm. when you've got that skill and you're scoring five on five? Like I joke, when they go, when they get a power play, they should take a penalty and make it an even strength game because <laughs> they're they, good for, for it. Right. Just, <laughs> yeah, it just it, it, you know, it just works better that way. I mean, it just really doesn't make sense that it doesn't work on the power play when you have all these really great skilled players, great passers. Tony D'Angelo is a great passer. Yeah, you know. Like how how do they not score? And it's, I think it's just because they they've they've not they've made it too difficult. They've overfunk it in a way. So the greasy the, the non greasiness sort of shows up there. Um, and but man, when they go in, they're 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 often to watch. How about the uh, the passing on the Kotkaniemi goal? Uh, he he carries the puck in with speed. He leaves it for Andre, who gives it to Tony. The pass across to Seth Jarvis, to use a, a football term, through a tight window, and then the one-time mm-hmm. pass at the top of the crease. That that was just gorgeous. Yeah, he makes all the throws, right? <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember who, before Tony had the puck, I couldn't remember. There were so many passes <laughs> so quickly. Like, I couldn't remember that it was Petnikoff who laid it back for, for Tony and, yes, Barry who took it in to the uh, end of the zone to begin with. I mean, it was so quick. It was so bang, bang, bang that I forgot the beginning of the play. But, it was, yeah, I mean, it was awesome play, obviously. Yeah, and then he had his, um, the pass over to, uh, the pass to Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Just the patience, you know, just holding on to the puck, holding on to it. And then as soon as Lawrence started coming down uh, off the wall, I mean, and it was a great move by Steven, who went uh, had a lot of time to mm-hmm. stick handle that. That's when I realized that Philadelphia was not really interested in the rest of, in the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I had joked earlier in the game too. The wrist aligning goal. I joked on Twitter that he had a four course meal before he shot the before he shot the puck. Yeah, because there really was no resistance. I mean, if there was one goal Ronta wants back, I think it's probably that one, only because he had a clear view of it. And Ristolainen sort of dusted it off and yep. sat around, smoked a cigarette, had a sandwich, and then shot the puck and scored near side. Well, that was kind of the Lawrence thing. It was almost like Lawrence was like, oh, you're going to give me this ice? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm going to skate it in, and I'm going to, 
you know, trying to make a move here. And the other guys that were there, I think it was Martin Hook and uh, I, guess, I guess it was the fourth line. They kind of tied up their men as they were waiting for a pass, I guess. And Lawrence was like, all right, I guess I'll just skate it in and score. So it was good recognition by him. But the pass from D'Angelo, once again, was great. And that guy's been awesome. I love that guy. 19 points in 19 games, and he's a plus 13. He has been absolutely tremendous, and I think I mentioned it to you earlier. He broke up a two-on-one on his own. Jay Slavin went to make a play at the blue line, didn't get it, and D'Angelo was left in a two-on-one, but the play was over toward the wall. So Tony, rather than try to – he didn't really have to play a two-on-one. He just went and took the body and eliminated the play right away. But it could have been, it could have been ugly. But he has been, he has been way better defensively than anybody thought he would be. I, and I go back to – remember when we talked to Eric Cole a long mm-hmm. time ago? Actually, it might have been on a podcast, yeah. but I think, you know, it certainly got a lot of play. When Cole said mm-hmm. that, yeah, I remember. Uh, that that D'Angelo would, is better defensively than people think, and he'll be way more competitive than Dougie yeah. Hamilton. And this is not about Dougie. Yeah. This, is, this is about Tony. Because um, yeah. they're, they're very different players, even though they're both offensive-minded. Tony just doesn't give in. And yeah. I love that about... Tony D'Angelo's game. He's made Carolina, you know, kind of a, a little grittier on the back end. And then we saw some of that grittiness from Cole and uh, Brendan Smith. I thought it was a tag team match. I thought Thompson <laughs> and uh, McEwen, I thought that was a yeah. tag team match. They look alike. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we, we've talked about this before. There is a certain, like, an inherent... You know, they're, I mean, they're like hockey. He's just, he's the epitome of a very hockeyish player, you know, <laughs> Tony, with that competitive nature. There's, there's a certain, I think, amount of that that has been missing around here for a long time. Like, there just, there aren't, there haven't been that many players with that kind of mindset, that, that inherent sort of hockeyish demeanor yeah. about the game. And you can get yourself a long way with that kind of stuff, man. Like, if you're, you know, Dougie was – that was the issue with Dougie was, you know, when things went well for him, it looked really smooth. But when things didn't go well, it just looked lazy a lot of times. It looked non-competitive. And he wasn't known as a great defenseman. He was here for his offense. But if you just hustle, then you can get somewhere with that. that that's, that's the element of the game that D'Angelo brings. So it is just a compete factor that I love that in hockey players, you yeah. know, and it feels like so many times when you watch these upper echelon teams, there's just that, there's that bit of competitiveness, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a touch of nastiness in there too, that is, is really, I think what puts you over the top as a good team. If you got enough of those guys out there, um, you know, you can go far. Those That's what Stanley Cup teams have. All right. Give me your three stars because I think it's going to get us into another part of this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I went, I, I almost went sort of indie band. I think there were some guys out there that um, you could have given them to, but I ended up doing pretty, pretty standard stars. I gave KK the third star. I gave Tony the second star and Aho the first star. We had the same three. I had a different order. I had Kotkaniemi as third. I had Ahu two and D'Angelo one. 
Um, but be- but before we get to those guys, um, shout out to Ante Ranta. So you could argue that the second and third goals that he should have had, right? You know, yeah. He just got beat five hole. It wasn't in tight. You know, you know, it was, you know, about even with the face off dot, I guess when he shot it, um, maybe he was just below it. Uh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking him for that one. The third one, I think we both agree that, yeah, I probably should have had that one. Cause it wasn't, he wasn't on top of him. Um, but he had to make some incredibly tough saves from that point on. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you realize the game is high and we have no idea what's going to happen the rest of the way. And we're going to need you goalie man, uh, to figure this out. Cause we're, you know, we're giving Freddie the day off. Uh, and we're not pulling him in a game we're leading. So stop it. And he was exceptional, I thought, the rest of the game, to the point where he got a star in the building in Philly. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was I was surprised, but I also think, I mean, I considered him too, uh, but I, I just thought that there were, you know, Carolina had, I thought Natchez and Taravainen were great today. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I like, I like the whole fourth line, really. I thought Lawrence was good tonight too. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, I wanted to give him. I wanted to give him one. Um, you know, Nino had chances again tonight. I mean, uh, the Trocheck line I think was pretty good. I think so. they rallied. I think the last half of the game they were really good. I thought the first half of the game they weren't. You know, it's funny. I thought their worst line tonight was Stahl, Svechnikov, and Jarvis. Yeah, well, it could have been. Could have been. They were on the um, ice for the first goal. Oh yeah, r- r- yeah, and and for the uh, I believe for the wrist aligning goal too. Um, but to to your point about Ranta, he made two in the second period that were insane. Yeah, he got he got Atkinson. Atkinson had a rebound, and then he got it he got it right back, um, and he uh, just stabbed one right out of the air with a glove. And then there was a two on zero given up yep. by Carolina. Uh, McEwen over to somebody who's not listed on the roster. Yeah, and Ronta got his right pad on it. That that was probably my favorite save of the night that he made. Yeah, some you Bart, know, Bart got, Braverman, a former comedian. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, and then they got some fortune too. I mean, in the third period, how did they not? How did Philly not score when the goal was like wide open and Ronta's down on the yeah. ice and? You know, some guys shot it off the post. Travis Sanheim. I, be- I believe the reason he shot it off the post because Aho cross-checked him from behind. <laughs> I, no, yeah. I, th- I think that's what happened. Aho definitely bodied him. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a slash or a cross-check. I was surprised they didn't send Aho to the box. I'd have to watch it again, but uh, that's what it looked like to me, that Aho just got away with Sanheim was like looking at the referee like, are you kidding me? Nothing? Nothing yeah. for that? Real quick, you and I are both Derek Stepan fans. I love yeah. what Stepan has brought to the team. I want to see him in the lineup. Kutkaniemi has been great since moving to the middle. I thought he was excellent tonight. I thought he's really good. What now? It's five games that he's played in the middle. Yeah, or is it no? Like it's that. six. The entire trip, he played the entire road trip at center because they had uh, Lawrence. Stepan came out the first two games. 
Lawrence went back in. Stepan came out the last two games. I, I mean, I just don't see how you're going to take Kotkaniemi out of the middle now. Uh, so right. somebody's got to come out, and I don't know if it'll. I don't know if it's going to be Stepan again, or it's going to. I just think that they're trying to find out if this guy can play center going forward. I think they're finding out that he can. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he looks comfortable. I think great's a little far for me. I'd say good. Uh, he, you know, I know we're not judging everything on points, but he had no points in two games prior to uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to tonight's game. Um, but yeah, he even said he feels a lot, a little bit more comfortable back there, um, playing in the center just because it gets him more involved in the game. So yeah, man, I've I've liked it for sure. And I mean, look, I mean, you, if you have him playing fourth line center. I mean, that's kind of nuts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But here we are in this year, twenty uh, almost 2022, with a Canes team that when everyone's back and healthy, you know, probably going to have at least two really good healthy extras a night. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It's like a real team. It, it, it sounds like a Stanley Cup contender. All right. Uh, as we're taping this, it's uh, State 7, Carolina nothing, first quarter. And uh, we, have, uh, we have more work to do, Alec Campbell. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll close it there. I, uh, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Your, uh, your bone-in ribeyes looked phenomenal. Yeah, dude. It was money. <laughs> it was money. Very can't, nice. Can't mess up the reverse here, dude. You can't mess it up. Uh-huh. Although I would say it was such a big steak. Like next time, I would up the. I'll, I'll up the. I did it at two hundred for most of the time. Right. I'd probably move it up to two fifty and just get it going a little bit faster because uh, it, it did take a little while, but it was damn good. How long did it take? I probably in total took about two hours. Really? It just did. Yeah, it just didn't cook as fast as I thought it was going to, based on the thickness of the steak. I mean, it was a big steak, right? Okay. And I looked. I looked online for you know, different suggestions about temperature. And I ended up going with the lower one and I probably could have gone up at least to 225. Uh, so it probably would have cooked a little faster, but, uh, our, uh, but it was still really good. Took our turkey. I think our turkey came out of the oven in like four hours and 45 minutes. It was a pretty good, good turkey. So, and then I, well, I, I was so full, I didn't even have pie. Yeah, I didn't eat any dessert last oh. night. We had a, I got a cake in there that I picked up at Costco that I was going to eat, but I couldn't do it. Uh, one of those so. big round chocolate cakes? It's a, no, it's a, it's a, a chocolate mousse, like tux, uh, tuxedo cake. Oh, love a good tuxedo yeah. cake. Yeah, it was real I, I haven't tasted it. Maybe there's, I hope there's some tonight. Uh, we had Let's a, cho- there was a chocolate chess pie, my wife's apple pie, which is the most incredible thing ever. And uh, there was also a pumpkin pie, which uh, you can have all of that. Yeah, I agree. No, you can. Yeah, everyone else can have it all. You, I'm, you, I'm as I'm as willing as you to give it away. Gosh, uh, I will donate all of my pumpkin pie. Yeah, same, same. I'd just rather have another drink if pumpkin pie is the only <laughs> thing there. Uh, we had uh, black mocha stouts from Highland Brewing, one of my all-time favorites. I love a good black mocha stout, uh, and it was a cool right. night for a little uh, mocha coffee nutty finish to it. Very nice. I love it. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good Thanksgiving. You too. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you. I'll see you on Sunday. We're home.
Yes. Yeah. Can't believe Early. it. Early afternoon game. One o'clock. All right. So the Hurricanes went four one and one on the trip. They're fifteen three and one on the season. No worse than tied for first with Washington. Washington is playing currently. The game's not over. They have a third period lead against the Panthers, and we'll see Washington on Sunday at PNC Arena. I think the Hurricanes have a game or two in hand, but either way, uh, it's a good bounce back, and everybody's happy because Jordan Martinook played where he's bo- where he belongs, right? Uh, you know, put him on the fourth line where Jordan Martinook Martinook belongs. Anyway, uh, Carolina, with all of their troubles, still had a four one and one trip, nine out of twelve points. Take that any day of the week. Washington at home, then at Dallas, and then home for the Senators and Sabers before heading out to Western Canada for another five game trip with some late night hockey. Anyway. Uh, until we talk again Sunday after the Canes and Caps, this is the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Siding, roofing, entry doors, storm doors, very important this time of year. Go online, free no obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. Tell them we said hi. Also... Wherever you get your podcast, you can follow the Canes Corner Podcast. We're here after every Hurricanes game. We call it the morning after podcast. And what a way to finish the road trip. Get it? Kotkaniemi, Aho, Ranta, Teravainen all played well. Uh, until Sunday, I'm Adam. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.